Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together. And yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Class Reunion. I have somebody that I have known since childhood. We're going to talk about some funny, actually, elementary school memories, but I also want to share about his talent towards the end. And stay tuned because we're going to have a giveaway, but you have to listen to the full podcast to be able to know what that is and how to receive it. So welcome, Kevin Shear. Thank you for having me. And uh... Excited to be here. Thanks for and inviting if, me. If everybody remembers Kevin, we were talking about like how everybody looks. And like, indeed, he just still has this megawatt smile. So you're not even going to notice yeah. a difference. <laughs> it is 2023, but, you know, he looks he looks exactly the same. So lucky you. It's probably all that bike riding that you enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah. Bike riding, tennis, you name it. Yeah. Yes. You are in your studio. So we're going to get to your talent of pottery. I have this displayed because I am a customer and I've had much more than this, which we'll talk about, but I only have two pieces that I'm trying to hold on to for dear life because I give away the rest of it. We were reminiscing. So I always talk, I've said this 4,000 times, so I keep repeating myself, but the best conversations are the ones that we have just to kind of connect, right? And we were talking about Evergreen Elementary and your memory with Mr. Broughton. So, and if you go back and listen to some of the people that I interviewed from Evergreen, they all have Mr. Broughton stories. Yeah, 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 it's amazing. He yeah. was an interesting teacher. So I never laugh so hard. So share that that story if you don't mind. Okay, okay. So Mr. Broughton class, I think it was fifth grade if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, it was. And I remember the, it had to be the first day of class. He was going over the roster and calling out the kids' names. And yeah. he came to me and he said, oh, Kevin Shear, you know what? I had your older brother and your older sister in my class. Mm -hmm. And I've heard about you, Kevin. <laughs> and, and and then and I was like, what the hell? Right. And then right. he just kind of went on to the other kids. And and that was that. Yeah. So just, you know, I've heard about you. That's not a good way of starting out a, a relationship right. with a teacher. So then a week or so later, <laughs> I was feeling I wasn't paying attention in class. I was feeling goofy, a little bit of a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. His back was to the class. He was up at the chalkboard. He was writing something on the chalkboard. There was a paper map, you know, pulled down next to him. Right. You know, one of those little maps. And I'm in my class, in my, my chair. And then for whatever reason, I decided I had a pencil. I said, I'm just going to throw my pencil. So I took my pencil and I just chucked it up at the front <laughs> And the, the thing went through the air and it stuck right into the map, right into the map, you know, and and all of a sudden Mr. Broughton stopped talking. There was a, there was a, a long pause. He didn't turn around at all. And then he just goes, Mr. Shear, 
I would like to see you at the end of class. And I'm like, I, I, how did you know it was me? You know, it's like, it's like they're a mirror. How, how the hell did he know it was so? So anyway, I got, got in trouble. Oh, yo, I, yeah. You know, I mean, I he had, I had no tolerance for, well, I mean, that was not a good thing, but he had zero tolerance <laughs> for anyone's behavior in that classroom. It, I think I had to write, I think I had to write on the chalkboard. I think that's what my punish was, punishment was like during oh, recess. Yeah. You know, I, I will not throw pencils in class or, or something like that. And like I, I had to write right. it a hundred times had, or because it was a three section. Times. You're exactly right. Because it was a three section chalkboard. And I remember people having to do that. R- right. right. You were you right. were part yeah. of that group. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, he was playing chess in recess with the classmates. You're probably up on the chalkboard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of my evergreen elementary school stories. And you know what's weird? Two things. You talked about the pulling down of the map, which never happens in class anymore. Yeah. And then you have one behind you. I grew up with that globe that, you t- you know, was on a pedestal that you turned. It, yeah. it was all bumpy to like have the you know, mountains and stuff. I wish we held on to that stuff because it's already so different. Countries, they're different. Lines are different. Like the world has changed so much that the 70s globes are obsolete. Right. right. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, Hmm. that would be cool to have a lot. I bet there are collectors out there that collect those things. Yes, yes. Did you have one at home like I did, like I described? Yeah, we we had a globe with little bumps on it. Yeah. You know, the the Andes mountains. Yeah, you could feel them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Yeah, we had one of those. Super cheap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Super, super cheap. (laughs) But probably worth millions now. But I just reminded me, like, in the map behind you, I was like, boy, it's so different now. And still changing as people want right. to work yeah. on their ownership of land. So junior high, is that when you also carried on the soccer and you just kind of were in that? Yeah, I think I got more serious into soccer in junior high. I did start playing, I think, in third or fourth grade. I yeah. remember my, you know, soccer wasn't as popular as certainly no. as it is now. And I remember my mom used to drive me to Southfield Civic Center and different oh, sure. places yeah. you know, where, where we played. But yeah, I got into it more seriously in middle school and then high school. Yeah. No, I, I Kevin, played. I did the same thing. I played in Southfield for a really long time. And I always joke, I don't know if you've told this to your kids, but we played when nobody cared and there wasn't it, snack day. And the parents dropped you off. I mean, maybe your family watched you all the time, but we were left and picked up. Like soccer is so big now and sports with kids are so big now. We didn't have, I think we had water my fourth year of playing. One of the Dowd brothers was my coach. I forget his first name. And he had that McDonald's orange cooler that you could fill up with water. I thought I died and gone to heaven just because we could actually have Water, because there was yeah, nothing yeah. in those fields in Southfield. Yeah, yeah, you had to bring your own water, and, <laughs> yeah. and which and we didn't have it. Stanley cups or water bottled water right, at that time. Expensive, fancy water. No, bottles. no, right. I still remember my dad saying, "Whoever invented bottled water, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard." Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no, I, 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 now that we're talking about that. I kind of remember, I don't know, you would just drink water out of whatever you had. It could be an old like milk carton. Oh, sure. And you rin- rinsed it out and put like hose water in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good old yeah. hose water. Yeah, yeah. Quality hose water. <laughs> Which, you know, 
How yeah. we're all still alive, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. the hose was the hose was awesome. And totally there's like there there's a I'm I'm going off topic, but there's a meme going around with this guy's like, why wasn't Gen X, you know, why did they drink out of the hose? And it was like, cause you were out and you didn't you didn't go back in the house because you were either gonna get assigned a chore or you're dragging in dirt and the mom doesn't want to see you yet. And you know, right. it's like wait till dinner. Like we were banished. So yeah. if you were thirsty, yeah. you hit the hose. Yeah, though there were times that my mother actually, I was sent outside and this isn't like a negative thing about my mother. It was no. about me. Like she, she didn't want me in the house. Right. And I think she actually locked me outside. Yeah. Like <laughs> She like, was every mother. She was yeah, every mother. Like, like go play for three or four hours and I'll see you later. Because they were doing, they were cooking. I, I need to vacuum. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And God, you don't want to have kids running around. No, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah, which is funny because we, we just did. I didn't do that. But if, if you're thirsty, drink out of the hose. If and you need help, go to the neighbor. Di- I mean, you know, dinner's yeah. at 6 p.m. Right. Get the hell out of here. Right. Right. <laughs> OK, so Groves and I hope you join us for the reunion. It'll be fun to see. I, I, I definitely hope to. OK, yes. I know it'd yeah. be a travel for you, but you, you know, you enjoyed it. It wasn't where you blossomed into your art studio there. But what was the impact of Groves and and did you have a good time? Like if you had to compare junior high to high school, not everybody. I mean, everyone's being really honest on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, They're like, yeah, wasn't yeah. really a fan of high school, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I, I liked high school. Okay. You know, you, you when we did our pre-interview yeah. talk, right. you know, we were talking a little bit about that. I think we were bringing up like social anxieties and insecurities oh, right. and things like that. Mine. What? Well, just just the topic, yeah, and not yours. But I think I think more of my insecurities and, and social anxieties, or being self conscious, all that. I think more of that happened in middle school for for me. Those are more my memories. I, I was feeling a little more nervous, just you know who I was as a person more in, at Berkshire. Berkshire yeah. Middle School. Yeah. High and there's school. a lot of body maturity that's happening at that time. And yeah, boys' yeah. voices are changing or not changing. Like, I don't know. I remember that period of time when certain kids, you could tell the boys' voice was oh, changing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. A little crack. So a, l- a little crack. And you, you go away for the summer and you come back. Yes. And some people are, are a foot taller. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look yeah. like they could be seniors in high school. Yeah, yeah. they need to shave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. So, but high school, my memories are very fond of high school. I feel like I had a lot of a lot of different friends in different areas. Yeah. I yeah. was very involved in my soccer. I think that I think my soccer and my soccer friends, I had a lot of, you know, I, I felt at home there. I felt safe and secure. Mm-hmm. And that was a tight knit so, group, I will say. I remember it, you yeah. all hanging out together. Yeah, it was a tight knit group. Yeah. And I had my older sister and older brother, Sandy and Doug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I knew a lot of their friends mm-hmm. already. Me too. So when, right. When we went to Groves High School and we came in as 10th graders, mm-hmm. you know, the the seniors and the juniors, I, I knew not mm-hmm. a lot of them, but, you know, a good number of them yeah. I'd, I had already met. So which which I, changed my influence on music. And I, you know, because we we also talked about you going to the Who concert and things like that. I mean, our grade liked the Who, but I feel like anyone who had older siblings, for me at least, it did come down to me of like ELO and some really different, you know, Carol King. Like I had a whole 
plethora of music that was much more 70s and 80s because I listened to them with my siblings all the time. Yeah, yeah. And that may be true to a certain (laughs) extent with me, with my my older siblings, like their their music may have been a little bit different from my music. I do remember the Who concert I went to, which I think was my very first concert. And oh, I went to it. That's a big one I, if it's your first. I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. And I went to it with my brother mm-hmm. and some of his friends. Mm-hmm. And 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 and, he, and, and I, I even remember leaving. My mom was t- you know talking to my brother. Hey, you got to kind of watch out, watch out, and take care of Kevin. You're going to the Pontiac Silverdome. It's going to be madness. Right. And it was madness and it was a blast. And yeah, I think I got a black T-shirt, you know, overpriced T-shirt. And yeah, it was a ton of fun. And that was right after, which also is interesting with our generation of like bad things happen, but didn't necessarily stop our parents. The concert before, the Who concert before Pontiac Silverdome, there had been a stampede to the stage and there were several deaths, I think, like two or three people died. Yeah, And so they weren't sure if they were even going to have it at the Silverdome. And it's just funny because, you know, everyone went, but this tragedy had occurred prior to. And here's here's the parents just being like, look out for one another. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that 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 speaks also to the whole Gen X thing. Yes. You know, we we were locked out of our houses. We drank from hoses. We you know, there were these tragedies that happened at the concert, the the previous week or month and yeah it's like well be safe right you <laughs> right. know ho- hope you don't get stampeded yeah <laughs> but get a t-shirt on the way out yeah but so. get an overpriced t-shirt oh yeah. funny yeah yeah okay um you have a fun melissa story and then we'll get to like all the fun stuff that you've been doing with your with your adult life well, I didn't tell you the Melissa story. No, that's why I can't wait. I, I'm not sure if you're going to want to edit this out. I'm going to tell <laughs> you the. I'm going to tell you the Melissa story. Okay. Okay. So Melissa Manhart. So she dated uh, Chris Bomarito for a oh, year or whatever. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they broke up, and Chris was mad at Melissa, and he had a a silver Camaro. Oh. And he went over to her house, oh. and he like. Did donuts in in their in their yard in their driveway? Oh my god! And like like he just kind of spun spun around and yeah, like yeah, ripped yeah. up the lawn a little bit. Yeah. And I found out that's good. Like years later, I don't know. Maybe it was at the twentieth high school reunion. I found out. I can't remember where I found out. Yeah. But I found out years later. Melissa told me that Chris always blamed that on me. Like I was <gasps> the one that I was the one that went to Melissa's house. Oh, that's mad, a good. Mad. I'm not editing I, that out. No. <laughs> why would you? Why would you be so mad uh, at her to do that? That's funny. Like I was my my allegiance was with Chris. Oh, and, as a friend, and I was mad as a friend, and I was yes. mad at Melissa. Okay, for however whatever happened. Oh so. my gosh, that's hilarious. Although I'm sorry that you were blamed for it, but <laughs> very funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so I found out and I was like, no, that wasn't me. I had nothing to do with that. So like somebody was mad at me for years and years and years and I had no idea. And your friend threw you under the bus. Let's say that. Yeah, 
Yeah. He, 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 that's that as I understand it. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. That's, what, that's a, yeah. Oh, that's but, a good one. But I but I feel like if Chris Bomarito, if you're out there, you know, I don't mean to throw you under the bus, sir. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's uh, a good good little love story that went bad yeah, and we all yeah. went through those breakups. Yeah. Hey, sorry for the interruption, but I need to say attention all alumni. Are you ready to relive the glory days and reunite with your classmates? Look no further than myevent.com, the ultimate destination for planning unforgettable class reunions. With myevent.com, you're in control. Upload photos, upload event details, and connect with your classmates. Spread the word on social media and watch the excitement grow. Myevent.com brings your past, present, and future together in one unforgettable event. Start planning your class reunion now. Myevent.com, your reunion, your way. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so you went to college and we'll just kind of go to graduation because I don't want to take up too much of your time. So you went to college, went to Michigan State. Yeah. And then you moved out of state. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go through that. So went to Michigan State, loved it, fantastic, amazing. Big, right. big uh, advocate of MSU. And then my first job out of college was with Dow Chemical. It was a sales job. And it was a very, very good job. Good mm-hmm. company. I did well. But I was there just for four years. And I left after four years. I realized it, it just wasn't me. I mean, I'm not. It was a very corporate job. I had, you mm-hmm. know, I was in sales. I had a briefcase. I, I wore a suit and tie. And I, I worked out of the New York office for two years. And then they promoted me and moved me to San Francisco. That's how... I made my way to San Francisco and I worked in the San Francisco office for two years. That was that four years of my life. After that, I then started with a small art publishing company Mm -hmm. and I I eventually became the general manager of the business and I I ran it for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And and that was that was a much better fit for me. It was in the art world. It was it was a smaller business. You know, if you wanted to get something done. You, I would meet with the owner and we would make a decision that we would just do it. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like not a lot of layers. Yeah. Not a lot of layers, not a lot of people to make it. You know, you wanted to do something, you did it. You made the decision. Mm -hmm. So I did that for 13 years. I then left. I had another job for a year. It wasn't a good fit. I left that job. But then I was about to take another job, which we talked about in our little pre-interview. Yep. I was, I was about to take another job running a business in San Francisco. And my wife, who was a stay-at-home mom, we have two kids, she she's has a background in human resources. And she was looking at jobs because she was helping me with my job search. And then she stumbled on a local job in HR, just happened to stumble on it. And she's reading it. She's like, oh, my God, Kevin, this is my dream job. This is my dream job. You know, I, I, I want this job. And I always joked about being a stay-at-home dad so one thing led to another. We decided that she should go interview. She interviewed and got a job offer. I had this killer job offer in San Francisco, again, running a small family business. And all of a sudden, we were faced with both having really nice job offers. And we were thinking for a period of time, oh, gosh, maybe we should both work and then just have like a, a nanny for our kids type of thing after school. But when we got together and got married and decided to have a family, we knew we always wanted somebody to be at home with mm-hmm. the kids. Mm-hmm. Long story short, 
we did a lot of soul searching and then we decided my wife would go back to work full time and then I would start working part time. And I was able to do this with the art publishing company that Mm -hmm. I managed, Mm -hmm. which was it was like a real part time job, like a serious professional part time job. So I was able to do that. And then I always wanted to get back into my pottery, which I started back in high school. I always wanted to get back into my pottery more seriously. So we decided to flip flop. My wife went back to work full time. I stopped working and then I was working part time, started my my pottery business and did the Mr. Mom stuff also with the kids. And, you know, I picked him up after school and became the primary caretaker, you know, the food and cooking and, you know, managing all the household stuff. So So, let's pause there for a minute, because this is where I think Gen X gets underrated a little bit. I feel like we were the first to want to get into that entrepreneurial mindset, but we were raised so traditionally. mm -hmm. So if we can go back to Dow, when we all graduated from college, most of us, yeah, it was Dr. Lloyd lawyer, uh, engineer, sales, marketing, like there were pretty much basic titles that everybody seemed to fall into when they graduated. And our parents loved that for us, right? That stability of corporate life was what they had. And we're proud to say, you know, my son works at Dow. Yeah, and yeah. here you were in high school taking classes and being creative with pottery and, and taking that side of the brain and, you know, enjoying it. And I feel like we did flip a switch with the Gen X generation where suddenly those roles could be reversed. Part time was now starting to become an option, which kudos to you for it being such a corporate part time job. And it, I think, freaked our parents out a little bit. I shouldn't speak for your family, but like, I know every time I wanted to do something creative or say something outside of the box, it was like, whoa, you're going to do that? Did you get that type of feedback at all? I got, I, I'll probably say I got that a little bit more yeah. from my, both of my parents were enormously supportive. Okay. My father, super supportive. He's like, that's really neat. Oh. You know, yeah, yeah, you you wouldn't think that. Yeah, but my yeah. father was like, you know, go for it. If you want to work part-time and and build a small pottery business. And, you know, your wife can go back to work full time if she wants to do that. Yeah. And and you can be with, the you know, basically my wife was with our kids the first 10 years or so of their life. And I was right. with my kids are now 22 and 24, but I was with them the, the, the latter half Which of is their really life. cool. Yeah. So super neat for our, our yeah. children to, mm-hmm. to experience that. My mom, also supportive, but for her it was... Like you're, you were alluding to, a little less conventional. Mm-hmm. You know, how's that going to work? Right. You know, are you guys going to be okay financially? Right. But it's worked out really well. Oh, yeah. it sure has. And we're going to talk yeah. about how successful. But it's, I just think we get, we, Gen X, get kind of, it's an underrated thing where we really push the boundaries. We had to learn new technology. We had to adapt to change at the speed of light. And we didn't mind starting to take risks and change the way we wanted to design our future. And I feel like we give that accolade so much to Gen X and Gen Z, like, oh, they don't like to. We were really pushing those back in the day ourselves. It just didn't get recognized or we didn't talk about it as much. Because I do think there were stay-at-home dads. And I do think those roles were reversed. But now it's so common to say it. I don't know that we 
celebrated the fact that we did things the way we wanted to do them in our 30s. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that's that's right what you're saying. And I love our generation, which is why yeah, I, I love our generation, too. And, and, yeah. and you, we just did it. I don't yes. think there was any I don't think we were taught to do it or told. No, to that's we the just, thing. We just we just did, did it. it. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't and it wasn't right. It wasn't wrong. It was right. You're, you're just in charge. And and we did it and we didn't know how to ask Google how to do it. We just did it. So yeah. let's talk about the success of the pottery business, because going to like not knowing or having those outlets to do that, you really just started to work at it and talk about how that you knew it was now going to be something successful that you wanted to pursue as a career. And yeah, start. yeah. So it started out very much as because when I when I did stop working full time, I then it's not like I stopped working. I then just yeah. started working part time. OK, so it was significant because I worked a lot when yeah. I worked full, full time and I worked an absurd amount of weekends and hours. And it was, I worked more than any human being should like work mm -hmm. in, in their life. Yeah. Like in, in a, the 13 years I managed the small business mm -hmm. and I just basically went from working way too much to working like 15 hours a week, which was like so perfect. So the pottery part was, I thought, okay, I'll work part-time with the art publishing business that I mentioned and I'll do pottery on the side. You know, I've, yeah. I've always wanted to get back into my, my pottery. The very first pottery class I had was in, at Groves High School, yeah. which was wonderful. And I, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I've always looked at my pottery as it's like personal therapy. It's my own creative, safe place where I can, you know, just chill out and do my thing mm -hmm. and make pieces that I, I hope people have in their homes and they get to use. And it's. You know, making handmade pottery is a really neat connection between you oh. as the as the maker and then somebody having it and, and using it. Last night, I got a, a photo from a friend of mine that commissioned me to make a set of udon bowls. Mm. And she she took a photo of my pottery with the udon in it. And it's just like, it was so beautiful. Like, it's such a neat connection mm -hmm. for me to make pieces that people then use like every in their everyday lives. And it's a neat thing for me. So, but going back to answering your question, the pottery started out just as a hobby, pure and simple as a hobby. There was no intention of like selling it or making it, you know, making it a business. But when you make pottery, it needs to go someplace. Right. You know, it just, it just builds up after a while. So I did start selling it here and there and I was doing well and everything I was making, I was selling. So I got more motivated to make mm -hmm. more, to sell more. And one thing led to another. Now I'm doing, you know, a handful of shows every year. And I have I, I have a lot of commissions. Which is the highest form of accolade you could get when somebody oh, says, I, I would love for you to make this. For, I mean, I can't imagine how that feels. I, I, I'm so grateful. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, I, I have friends that say I need I need pasta bowls or I need a garlic seller or, mm -hmm. you know, I need can you make this for me? Or I want to give away colanders for Christmas this year. Can I commission you to make a dozen colanders? Or, you know, so, so I have a whole lot of that happening. And, and it seems to be when you're a craftsperson or an artist and you're selling your work, there's this incredible balance between, you know, retaining your, your craft and your art and your love and your passion and, 
and all this, all the whole reason you went into it. And then there's the business side of it, of selling it and the, you know, the marketing and the merchandising and all that stuff. But you're, you're always struggling between, you know, doing it for yourself yeah. and then doing it, you know, to sell it. Yeah. And, and I've had a lot of people that have asked me to make things for them. And I've said, no, I would because, imagine because it becomes like I mean, mass producing in a way. Or... Yeah. I just don't want to like, yeah. like the joy is not there. It, it takes yeah. the, you know, it takes the magic out of it. And, and sometimes you have people that I have people that will ask for a commission. I'm like, sure, I'll do that. And maybe like a large bowl, which is normally $250. I'll say it's $350 or or $400. And then they're like, oh, sure, I'll take it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I was jacking up the price so you wouldn't take it. Um, so, so sometimes that happens. But talk about the joy of what you make and having the recognition of people asking for you to commission. I do want you to share the award behind you, the ribbon, because I'm in, I'm impressed by that. And I think yeah. it's like so cool because these things aren't what you went into it for, but you, yeah, yeah, you just yeah. keep building I should, on I should, this. I should, and- I should, I- I should have made my head. No, I'm so like, glad. Like this. Uh-uh. It's, <laughs> right there. When you told me what it was and then the other award after that, I think it's very cool. So I love to share and brag on people. So yeah, Well, thank you. You're sweet. So there, there's a group on the West Coast called ACGA, Association of Clay and Glass Artists. Mm-hmm. And it's a prestigious group. It's, um, it's basically all the top people in the clay and glass community mm-hmm. on, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly it's mostly like professors and teachers and very, very well-known, you know, like internationally known artists. And I decided to apply to it to be become a member this past year, year and a half ago. And I had a very large body of work and I decided, hey, I'll apply and I'll submit you know, photographs of, of my work. Mm-hmm. And and I got in and I was just delighted, you know, mm-hmm. over the moon, just just happy getting in. I mean, it's, yes. just, it, it's a huge thing to be to be recognized in that the ACGA community. Mm-hmm. So that was nice for me. And then they have an annual show every year. In Palo Alto, it's an outdoor, just like arts and craft festival type uh, outdoor type show, exclusively clay and glass artists. So I decided, oh, I'll, I'll do that show as well. So I exhibited this past summer and the award is uh, it was a People's Choice Award. I got voted number one People's Choice Award from them. See, so a, that's yeah. awesome. It has yeah, to so, be acknowledged. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Leanne. I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I fell in love with your, like I mentioned, I have these bowls back here, but I think, was it 10 years ago? I guess the date isn't important, but, um, and you, you are giving away one of your clues there. I love it. I think about 10 years, maybe not, but I moved to Florida and that's when I first started to get on Facebook. And it was a great way for me to kind of keep in touch with people because I had moved out of Michigan and you had slowly started to, I don't know when you created your pottery page on Facebook. But oh, and, and it may have been around, I think, because I left the corporate world in 2008. Okay, so that's so, when I came down here. So 15 years ago. Yeah. So, so I had been watching time. and looking and God, that's really nice, really nice. And then I just reached out to her. I couldn't stand it anymore. Subliminal marketing. Right. And I was like, I need some of those bowls. And they were blue and 
Um, I don't know if it was the holidays were coming up. I knew my intent was to to give them away. So I ordered and that's how we, I mean, it wasn't fully how we reconnected, but it was like when we started to talk about, you know, yeah. to, to yeah. each other. I was like, Kevin, gorgeous stuff. I bought the bowls. And then I was, I held on to them for a little bit because I was like, I can't give these away. But I did. And then I had some red vases. I gave those away. I mean, this is all I have left, but I've been... A fan for a long time. And it's really cool that your your talent brought me back to you in that way. And so just want to say thank you. Well, that was a really, really neat well, way for us well, to get back in touch. Well, I'm grateful for that. So th- thank you. Yes. Thank you. So as you look forward to the kids getting older and, you know, the second half of of the journey of having a good time with you and your wife and your kids, you're in California, so I don't know where you would envision ever going. It's a beautiful area that you live in. But do you ever talk about that, like where you might want to retire or well, do you love where you um, live or maybe not even we, retire at all? Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm retired right now. Yeah, because you're doing what you love. Because I'm I'm doing what I love. Yeah. And, you know, if I won the lotto tomorrow, I'd still do this. Okay. We have a great house and... Yeah, I go hiking and mountain biking all the time, and yes. uh, I yeah. play tennis twelve months out of the year. I know that's what I was it, saying. Where would you go? This is yeah, it's it's pretty nice. The the I love California. Challenge with California though, there there's a handful of challenges, and the number one probably being just the cost of living is insane. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just crazy. So mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I have talked about you know, gosh, do we want to stay here? Do we want to mm-hmm. go to We've talked about Oregon. We've talked about Washington. We've talked about Idaho. We have a lot of friends here. We have a big community here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. Uh, but those it, ideas it's, make it's, it's sense hard. to at least explore because it is getting crazy. And, yeah. and, you know, everyone flocks to Florida because they think it's a tax free state, you it, know, yeah, yeah. versus California. That's why a lot of people are coming. But you know, it's not all what it's cracked up to be either. And now that we know after COVID, especially we got the influx of New Yorkers and everybody coming when they started to do remote work and coming here full time, yeah. um, Florida caught on. And so now we're hot expensive. There's, you know, the rent's expensive. Yeah. The cost of living is expensive. Insurance. Well, so well it's we, like, yeah, yeah. And we went two or three months ago, we went to Bend, Oregon with the thoughts of buying a property uh renting it out super popular now but 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 bend oregon it's almost like the window of opportunity to buy there was 10 years ago yes um it's still a whole lot cheaper than where i'm i'm at now and i'm just north of san francisco which is even which is one of the more expensive parts of of the bay area yeah but yeah yeah, it's hard it's hard to figure out where you want to go i know i know you know and and i love the fresh produce and the food and Mm -hmm. um that's the why you look the same that you did when you were young. You're just healthy environment, my friend. I love I, it. I have a surprise. I I almost forgot. Oh. Here. Well, give me a second. I wanted to. You can still hear me. I still have my. Shut my high up. school. <laughs> I still oh have my high school. Oh, my gosh. You know Kevin, that's awesome. I know. I. I this morning, I thought, oh, my God, I need to take this out of my, my oh, closet. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, like what it says, let's say soccer. Grove soccer. No, I remember. Yeah. I just, that yeah. was like a such a cool thing 
when people got their jackets, you know, I yeah, mean, really, yeah. as, 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 <laughs> as maybe Grease, as that sounds like the movie Grease, getting a letter jacket was a big deal and the class <laughs> ring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've debated for a long time whether to get it because those weren't cheap either. Remember how expensive those rings were yeah, back yeah, in the day? Yeah. Yeah. They were. Oh, Kevin. Yeah, so there's my there's my jacket. I'm really sorry for all of yeah. you that are streaming this in audio only because it's a classic. So you're going to yeah. have to go on YouTube and see yeah. what Kevin just pulled yeah. off. That is, well, first of all, it fits and you look yeah. great in it. And, and I can't believe you still have it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, funny. Oh, see, that, that was very yeah. cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad I saved it. I mean, yeah. I I, now I've saved it for 39 years. So yeah. 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 But this morning, my That's daughter, my tw- I went out for coffee with my daughter and she's like, you know, dad, I, I, I want that jacket. And I'm like, Aww. you can have it. You can have my jacket. That's yeah. really sweet. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. Well, you just did two things at the end here. You demonstrated the giveaway and you used the word that I was going to have people put in the comments. So oh. Kevin has generously agreed to uh, give away a coffee mug that he has created. And so that was clue number one. So you used it right in the beginning when we started and you just drank oh, out okay. of it. I yeah, don't know what yeah. design you're going to pick, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, that's what we agreed to do. And coffee is going to be the word. So whoever puts coffee first in the comment section, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, I'll, I'll look at all the social media. A lot of people respond on YouTube. We'll see who the first person is that uses the word coffee and then we'll get their address and you can mail that out. So oh, that's good. That's fun. Definitely. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah. So you, yeah. you were, well, you were walking right into it without even me telling you. So well, and I can, I mean, they can pick a color and I can make a, a stein or a little cup uh, or whatever they want. Yeah, I'll make I'll make a custom handmade piece for them. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. you're the best. That's yeah. so sweet. So I encourage you to do it, guys. It's really great stuff. And like I said, I I only have two pieces that I'm holding on to left, and I'll probably have to order some more. But they are beautiful gifts, and people love it when when they get something handmade. He's right. There's a connection in that. So Kevin Shear, I appreciate you being on, and I'm glad I've known you since elementary school. What a thrill to be able to connect this yeah, many years later. Yeah, Su- super, super fun. Well, thank yes. you so much, Leanne. Thank I, you. I really, really appreciate it all. Thanks so much. All right. All right. Bye-bye. All right, friends, that's it for this episode of Class Reunion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, write us a review, and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.